What happens when you take a redneck fishing guide and pair him up with a master beekeeper? Well, we're about to find out. Join our host, Ken Milam and John Swan, as they help you brave the sting of beekeeping to reap the sweet rewards. This is The Hive Jive. We good? Recording? He is on. Okay. We're on. <laughs> you know, you think we would figure this out by now, <laughs> like when we're on and when we're not. You know that stupid little red light? Like, just look at the <laughs> light, man. Put the lights on. It's a, we're running. Okay. Good morning. So we're going to go through and we're going to do some shout outs here real quick and just kind of- what are we? What? Well, you haven't said, hello folks, this is the Hive Jive. Well, that's I'm what Ken that- i There's John Swan. That's what that lovely intro that we had produced is for. It starts off and it tells you it's the Hive Jive and who your hosts are and all that fun stuff. It's see, if you listen to your own podcast, Ken, you'd know these no, things. I don't like listening to that redneck. <laughs> you don't like hearing your own voice. I don't. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to do some shout outs here real quick. Um, first and foremost, we would like to say thank you to Justin M., Kevin J., and Karen S. for being avid listeners, despite the fact that they've never had bees before. And speaking of avid listeners, we would also like to give a huge special thanks to Rachel and Rarity Works and Jordan for helping spread the Hive Jive love by posting more comments than we could possibly keep track of every like when we were doing the whole they follow us on behind. instagram man they were out there there was over 60 of them before i lost count and it was constantly you have a new comment you have a new comment and they were posting it on <laughs> anybody who had any bee related anything on instagram they were posting comments you should check out the hive jive if you love bees check out the hive jive so we really really appreciate that that is awesome we did end up getting about 250 more followers over that little campaign, so that was very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we would like to give a shout-out to Phil in sunny old England, and thank you, sir, for listening from across the pond, and congratulations on your bees. And then a huge thank you to our latest Instagram followers who are part of this little trend of, of help us get to that 1,000 mark. We have Mr. Doodlebug, Reese, and Lillian. And as far as Lillian goes, Lillian right now is only actually on episode 10. So she's actually not going to get this shout out for Mm -hmm. like 12 more episodes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But uh, she went through and literally liked every single post we've ever done on Instagram, even though she just signed up. So (laughs) we would like to give a big thank you to all you guys. Um, Continue absolutely, you know, sharing that love and, and spreading the word and helping everybody find the Hive Jive. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Hive Jive. And you can always send us listener questions to info at thehivejive.com. And now, so now I got I got to, we've got a great following in England, New Zealand, Australia. It's all over the world. Wow. <laughs> you know what's what, what's wild is they all got accents. They do have accents. We or do we have accents? No, we don't have an accent. I don't know. No, you, you don't have an accent. I don't have an accent. They got accents. <laughs> <laughs> Thank y'all so very much. We really appreciate it. We do this for y'all. That's we what do. I tell everybody on the radio show, too. We do this for y'all. We are here to talk about your apparently amazing honey. <laughs> no, it's the best in Texas. So you keep it's saying. It's award-winning. I, we had people give us flack because I told you to shut up in that video. <laughs> they actually thought it was quite funny. Uh, we even oh. had somebody come up at the banquet, too, and they were laughing, saying, yeah. you guys oh, yeah. in there, you keep it up. That's so great. I can't believe you told him to shut up, Ken. <laughs> like, but, uh, you know, you, you've you had some great thoughts and, and things on honey. And so today we're going to be talking about, even though you're not getting a honey harvest, things that you can consider and do down the road when you get closer to that time. 
right now I've got four hives. I've got two Langstroth, two Top Bar. I am prosper. Like I got five. five. I got well, three. Yeah. Uh, and then I will have, uh, there's a uh, young lady here in Austin that has some bees, and I'm going to go buy brood boxes and mediums at a great price. I'll be buying those. And those colonies, those he's actually buying the colonies. So she's yeah. selling off, uh, he's going to, like five, right? Right. Buying he's going to be getting five. Already established full yep. size colonies that are the deeps and mediums that are already like they're already using yep. them, they're already a, a yep. working colony altogether. Yep. So he started off with the four. He has a fifth uh, top bar nuke that we're kind of like it's being babysat over at the apiary at the moment. And then he's going to be getting in five more of the Langstroth. So he's about to drastically increase the amount of bees and any bees that he started this year. He's gonna get a honey harvest out of next year, right. and that that's the same for everybody. If you guys go out there and you start a a honey harvest, <laughs> I don't know why I'm gonna have to scratch that out. My brain went blank. I actually caught myself instead of actually talking to you, talking to everybody else about you while you're sitting here, and then it, it made my brain stop. <laughs> it just quit. Um, so anytime you start a colony the first year. Mm-hmm. And they make it at least to the filling up of that first Mm -hmm. box. That second year, they're going to fill up the second box, and Mm -hmm. then you're probably going to go ahead and get a third one on there. Mm -hmm. If they make it the first and the second box in the first year, you're absolutely going to get honey in the second year. Right. And so when you buy these five colonies that are already established, you're guaranteed a honey harvest on those. Your top bars, you're going to get a honey harvest on those next year. Your other two Langstroths, you're going to get a honey harvest on those. So you've got this potential outlook of down the road – you're going to have, let's see, five, six, seven, seven Langstroths that are mm-hmm. going to need extracted. And that's a minimum of one medium box each that you're probably going to get. Mm-hmm. If you're really lucky, you could have up to three boxes each per hive to extract. Mm-hmm. And then on your top bars, it just depends. Um, it's really hard to gauge those as far as right. how much you'll get out of them. But, you know, you're you're probably going to easily get five full combs that could potentially be like cut comb honey and stuff out of your top bars. Mm-hmm. So if you go back and you look at a regular 10 frame medium box, mm-hmm. that can be like happy medium, we'll say 40 pounds of honey, mm-hmm. right? If it's an eight frame medium box, so you're taking two of those out, it might be 30 pounds okay. maximum of honey. And then you turn around and you say, okay, well, a minimum of one box per hive, if the flow is really good mm-hmm. at... 30 to 40 pounds per box right there. That's a lot. 30 pounds, one box of honey, 30 pounds of honey is a a lot lot of honey. honey. That's a lot. So that's actually technically 30 pounds in a five gallon bucket to give you guys a visual representation Mm -hmm. of it. That's half of a five gallon bucket, Mm -hmm. a full five gallon bucket of honey weighs 60 pounds. So that's kind of, that's a lot to do with, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're a beekeeper, you have one hive, and it's your second or third or fourth or fifth year, the, the further into it you go, the more you can get out of it because the more resources you've accumulated. You're looking at this and you're like, well, I have enough honey that I can go through and I can have it for myself. If you're like Ken and you eat a quart a week, you might yeah, go through those 30 pounds pretty quickly. <laughs> um, but if not, you know, you have the honey and you're, you're doing just like little bits here and there, but you have some to share with your friends and with your family mm-hmm. and stuff. If you have two hives... Well, now you've got enough honey that you might be able to sell some of it mm-hmm. and, and recoup a little bit of the funds mm-hmm. from your hobby, right? Well, if you've got three or four or five hives, you're absolutely going to have enough honey to sell. And that brings up a whole new slew of questions about 
what do I do? Yeah. And by the way, I'm going to have 15 for next fall. Yeah. 15 hives. That are going to be <laughs> doing honey or just period? No, that we will be doing honey out of. <laughs> we we found a, a source where we can get oh that's right full the drawn drawn out box yeah brood boxes and honey with supers. mediums so I will be buying three pounds of, of bees with a queen then we're gonna have at Bama bees we're gonna have bulldog <laughs> bees and we're gonna have to get some bees out of South Carolina we're gonna get some bees from. Minnesota, and then we're going to be having something completely to talk about. That's why I want some Australian bees. Well, you can't get any Australian but bees. They, when, yeah, you're going to have to deal with bees, ones from here. When they swarm, do they go this the opposite direction of our bees? <laughs> I mean, our bees go from left to right when they swarm. Do Australian bees go from <laughs> right to left? <laughs> I think you're getting them confused with toilets again, Ken. Um Bees and water are not the same thing. Yeah, okay. They can fly whichever direction they want. Uh, so, yeah, now we, we did mention, you know, we found a source to go through and get yes. some drawn comb. And that is one of the things that we're going to do next year as kind of a, a cheat and an experiment is that we do have this resource where we are going to be able to go through and we're going to be able to buy yes. a lot of good comb. It's yep. used comb, but it's decent comb. Yep. And we're going to take that and we're going to try something out. Instead of starting a package from scratch, we're going to start packages next year and we're going to put them in with fully drawn comb yep. that they can immediately move into and utilize. Yep. And we will, you still want to follow the same kind of thread. You want to start mm -hmm. off and you want to wait until they've gotten big enough that they can guard the entire comb in the first box before mm -hmm. you give them the second box. Mm -hmm. But then when you give them the second box, again, it's immediately available. They can go through and start growing and building mm -hmm. in that. And then by the time the honey flow hits, we should have two full boxes of bees ready to go. And then we can turn around and we can slap on these extra boxes of mm -hmm. drawn comb. And they they can just go through and start immediately filling it with honey. So, yeah, we're, we're going to try. That'll be an experiment. It'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be, be something we'll talk about. Year. And we'll see how, how that works out. But right now, in your first year, even though you're not getting a honey harvest, there's a lot of things you can start no, doing where you can start it. planning. Well, Ken's been spending. Yeah, I've been spending. <laughs> Every time Ken plans, his his checkbook now, goes cha-ching, cha-ching. Yeah, does. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there, okay, man, like, okay, day day. Okay. I think I need a nine eighteen. Yeah, no, and maybe a twenty four. He's every he calls me at least once a week. There's there's two or three phone calls that are I've been looking, and then there'll be one that's I got. Yeah, I got. <laughs> I, got a 918 from, I, I turn from looking to I got. I bought this, but no. In that realm, though, in the realm of what can you do. So in my very first year of having my own bees, where I wasn't helping somebody mm -hmm. else or anything else, they were my bees. Before my bees ever showed up, I had already designed my company logo, and it's the same logo I use today. Mm -hmm. I had already sat down. I sketched it out. I knew what I wanted my name of my business to be. Mm -hmm. I knew I had this image in my head of, of my marketing strategy and my mm -hmm. brand and what I wanted to be and who I was and how to tell that story. And I got a little bit of flack from uh, a couple of individuals. And that was, you know, they were like, what, you're, you're getting a little bit ahead of yourself. And I'm like, what do you mean? Well, you don't even have your bees yet. They don't get here till, you know, May and here it is in March. And, and, you know, you're showing us, you've already got your apiary brand design and you've already applied for your apiary brand with the state. And, you know, at that point I had actually already went through 
because I knew the laws and the legalities and the regulations for here, and I knew what I wanted to do. So I went ahead and I applied for all the permits I needed. I got my food manufacturing license. I got all the things that I would need, and my bees had not even shown up. And I wasn't even going to get honey for another full year. But that's how my brain works. It's like everything in my mind is a chess game. Mm -hmm. And so I'm I'm looking five or six or seven steps ahead. And there's Got nothing, to. there's nothing wrong with that. No. If you're planning on just having one hive in your backyard, maybe it's not such a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. You can stick a plain white label on there and you can write on it in marker or pen and you can say, you know, one of okay, so one of my clients, mm -hmm. it, it cracks me up. She loves Star Wars. And so she named her first queen, Queen Amidala. <laughs> and that queen turned out to be an evil, evil, evil little bitty. <laughs> so we had to replace her. But she's so in love with the idea and the concept, she went and she actually, her hive is painted and designed. And on the side of it, it says really big, Queen Amidala. So she went out to the hive and she paints a two. The Roman numeral two uh -huh. beside it. So now it's Queen Amidala the second. This year it is now Queen Amidala the third. It will always be Queen Amidala. We're just going to see how many Roman numerals she can paint on that hive. But it's it's this funny little, you know, it's just it's just it's cute. It's fun, oh, right? Yeah, it's fun. So she can take a label and she can write on there, "This is Queen Amidala the Second's 2019 honey," well, and it's it doesn't have to be, you know, this beautifully printed yeah. designed thing. It's whatever you are, whatever well, you want to be. With my your honey. website already says award-winning honey. <laughs> 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 so now in Texas, you have to have an inspected kitchen to sell honey. Well, there's technicalities to that. Okay. So there's, and this gets really convoluted. I mean, really convoluted. Mm -hmm. There is the. Food cottage laws. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, now, don't freak out if you're in Texas when I start talking about this stuff because everything overlaps and it, it's all contradictory. The food cottage law is actually changing as of September 1st. So I'm going to okay. be speaking more towards the old version of it. But the I, I said that backwards too. Cottage food law. Sorry. The mm -hmm. cottage food laws. Cottage food laws allow you as a homeowner and a grower to make something but not physically be oh, yeah. doing mm -hmm. other things to it and you can sell it. So that means if you have a garden in your backyard and you're growing vegetables, you can sell those vegetables mm -hmm. from your home and it's fine. Mm -hmm. You can even go through and do some canned goods and sell those and mm -hmm. it's fine. Honey technically falls into that because you're not, if you're just extracting it from the colony, putting mm -hmm. it in a jar and then turning around and selling it, you can do that. Now under the cottage food law, you have a certain set of regulations. Separate from that in Texas, very specifically in Texas, mm -hmm. we have Chapter 131 of the Agricultural Code that all involves beekeeping. And in there, they've got some specific requirements that state if you have X amount of hives or less and you produce X amount of honey or less, you can sell your honey under these specific circumstances. And it actually expands on the cottage food, but exempts you from the cottage food law. Mm -hmm. So there's this secondary code. Now you've got two things working against each other. But all of that stuff is, if you yourself, Ken Milam, have your honey, mm -hmm. you personally and or your wife and your son mm -hmm. can take that honey and hand it to them and can sell it to somebody else, but yeah. it has to be you selling it directly to the customer. Right. 
You cannot sell it in bulk. They right. cannot resell it. You cannot put it in a store, mm-hmm. and you cannot sell it to a store. And you cannot sell it online. Right. Well, that right there, that's where my planning took that other direction at the very beginning because mm-hmm. I already knew I had a restaurant before I had my bees that was already telling me, we want your honey. And then I had the thought of, I've got a lot of friends and family that live in other states. Mm-hmm. And it would be they really neat to put it online. They wasn't going to steal it either. No, they was going to pay for it. Yeah, I know. That's right. <laughs> but, you know, Instagram followers and a thousand of them, I think it justifies stealing your honey. Okay. <laughs> so anyhow, but, you know, I wanted to sell online. If you are going to do those sorts of things, well, that exempts you from the cottage food law, and it exempts you from Chapter 131, mm-hmm. and now you're bound by the food regulations of the state that you're in. So for Texas, that means you have to have a food manufacturer's permit. That's the step one. Mm-hmm. Step two is your honey now has to be processed and bottled in a facility that has been inspected by mm-hmm. the FDA to go through and make sure that it's good. So mm-hmm. your food safety, um, not, not FDA. Maybe it is. It's probably the food safety department. Yeah, Um, they go through and it now has to be inspected as well. So that means you have to have a certified commercial kitchen, not your home. Yeah, a certified commercial kitchen where there are no people, there's no pets, there's no kids, there's no living quarters going on. It is a sanitary, clean space that you can do this stuff in. Mm -hmm. So you have to then extract it there. You have to bottle it there. You have to label it there. And then you can turn around and now you can sell it online. You can go through and you can sell it. Like, I could sell you a case of it. You could turn around and resell it, and everything would be in compliance with the law. Well, as of September, the cottage food law is changing, and also the big farm ag bill that Mm -hmm. came out the beginning of this year, it radically changed a bunch of stuff, too. So a lot of those requirements, honey in Texas is now considered an agricultural commodity, and it has eliminated or drastically raised the amount that you can produce and still qualify to be able to sell it directly to a person without having these other restrictions on it like it used to. And the cottage food law has changed too. So we'll talk about that kind of stuff later because so they're really it still working out. made it easier to sell it, honey. It did. It made it easier to sell okay, honey. But I, I can go for that. you still, if like my infusions, right. that is no longer a pure honey product. Okay. It is not just honey. I've added something to it. I've added right. jalapenos or I've added basil or whatever mm-hmm. to the honey. So that is a food product. Food products have to be produced in a commercial kitchen. Mm-hmm. So when I do my infusion, that changes things. When I sell online, that changes things. So you need to check out your state's codes, and you need to see what honey falls under in your specific state. And if it is, if you just want to have a few jars and you want to go set up shop at a farmer's market, mm-hmm. you can absolutely do that, and yep. you can sell it. Your immediate family can sell it. So if you can't be there that day, but your son can or your wife can, that is still fine. That's fine. But you cannot give me your honey, and I cannot go set at that booth and sell your honey on your behalf. It has to be from the person or the family that produced it. Okay. So you have these avenues. I don't do farmer's markets, Mm -hmm. mainly because here in Austin, they're expensive. Mm -hmm. And most of them will be like, okay, well, you need to have a year-long contract with us. You must be, you know, like, quote-unquote, a member. And that year-long membership is like 100 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then okay. you've got a per market fee, and we want you to be here for a minimum of 32 of the 52 markets. And I'm like, whoa, guys, like, honey is a finite thing. And That it's, sounds like an exercise gym. Well, yeah, kind of. You, yeah. you start off and you're like, well, honey is very <laughs> finite. I don't know how long my harvest is going to last. Mm-hmm. Some years you can have thousands of pounds. Some years you only have hundreds. Some years mm-hmm. you may only have 50, right? Which means you might go to one farmer's market, have a bang-up day, mm-hmm. 
and sell, sell out. Honey. But yet you're now in this contract where you're supposed to be at that market for wow. X amount of more weeks. And wow. so when I brought that up to him and I was like, I can't, I can't do that. Oh, well, you could do a one-off and it would cost you $75 per market plus X, Y, Z, right? And so I sat down and I did the math and I'm like, all right, so you would need to sell a minimum of 10 jars of honey for the market just to cover the market. That does not cover your time. It does not cover your packaging and materials, any of that kind of stuff. It's just covering being at the market. Wow. And I see lots of honey, and it's usually honey that you can also find in the grocery store. Mm -hmm. But I see a lot of honey companies, the bigger ones, at these markets. And I don't necessarily see a lot of people buying them. And I, I swear they do it really just for the marketing. They know they're not going to sell a lot at that, but you're going to see it there. And the next time you're in the you're grocery store. You're see it there because you think it's local honey. Well, but then the next time you're in the grocery store, you see it again and you're like, oh, that's the one that was at the market. I should go ahead and grab that. So it's a marketing thing for them, right? right? Of so course. I don't, I don't do the farmer's markets. I sell directly and I sell because of the food manufacturer's permit. I also sell in three physical stores. Mm -hmm. One restaurant actually uses the honey and goes through and, and puts it in the food and makes stuff with the food out of it. And wicked bee honey. Wicked bee honey. That's right. Yeah. And then I so sell if you on, want some honey. Wicked yeah, bee honey. Yeah, and I and I sell it online. Um, I think I still need to update the online store at the moment because we have done the honey harvest and mm. we're letting everything settle and we haven't done the skimming off the top and stuff yet. And so I want to say that the the website, the wicked bee honey site, when you go there, everything is all beautiful and it shows you all the designs. The chunk comb honey is going to the container is going to change mm -hmm. this year, and I haven't updated the picture. We also cannot ship that outside of basically our local area because it is 100 degrees, mm -hmm. and the comb will melt during shipping. I can see that. And you'll end up with this jar of honey that has like a wax cap at the top <laughs> instead yeah. of a comb of yeah. honey in it. Um, yeah. So, but yeah. So you you've got these different things you can you can think about, right? And part of that is. What kind of container do you want to use? Do you want to use like the old-fashioned mason jars? Do you want to use a plastic bear? Do you want to use a fancy glass jar that has like a cool look to it? You know, I started off when I did my infused honeys, I was using what they called apothecary bottles. And they looked like something you would have seen in an old, you know, kind of supernatural-esque mm -hmm. type movie about witches and things like that. It was mm -hmm. really neat. It was like something should have had a potion in it. And so you've got this bottle that is has a square base. It comes up four-sided square, and then they all curve into a round neck that comes up, and then it has mm -hmm. a cork. And what I would do is I would take the infused honey, I would fill up this little six-ounce bottle, and then I would take that cork and put in there, and I would wax dip the entire top of it to seal it. So you had this truly artisan, very unique-looking honey. And I did that for the first two years that I sold honey. That sounded like a lot of work. And that's exactly, that's exactly <laughs> what I, I got to the point where I'm I was like— i put mine in a jar and say, it's Ken Milam honey. You want some? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, I, it was a lot of work and effort, but it was very, very unique. And at mm -hmm. the time, I was still small enough that it wasn't a big deal. And it right. was I didn't have a problem setting down and you know dipping six or 12 of those and then selling them off here and there. Now, on the other hand, no. They are now in a cylinder jar that goes up that has a screw-on lid mm -hmm. that locks and seals, and that's way easier. It's not as fancy. It's not as cool. It's not as artisan, but the jar still looks pretty. They're reusable. It's still got the gold lid. Um, so you can kind mine's of Mine's a quart mason jar. That's what you sell mine in. That's because you, you also, you're also you also getting that for $10 less than you get it for I'm just picking at you. Yeah. But if, yeah. You, uh, if you want it in bulk and you don't necessarily want the fancy jar, I will happily put it in a mason jar because it's cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> it tastes the same. <laughs> but, 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 you know, it, it's, 
when people get in like me, you know, I'm already sitting here. Okay, okay, what am I going to have to do? I mean, what am I have to? I've got the I've got the land. I mean, I've got the the business. I've got the buildings to do all this. Yeah, you have all you have everything you need for your yeah. basic setup yeah. to have a decent sized operation. So I don't know. We're just gonna have to work on it. Yeah, but the, but see, that's that's what I'm saying that is that you're gonna you're coming up on the winter time, mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of beekeeping that's gonna be done in the no. winter. Mm-hmm. So what you can do, you know, beekeepers at that point in time, they build frames, they build boxes, they paint the boxes, they get everything prepped and ready for spring. Well, part of that prepping is go ahead and figure out what type of container you want to put your honey in if you're planning on selling it. Go ahead and start buying that stuff little yeah. bits at a time so that no, you, you buy have a whole it. bunch of it at a time like I do. Well, it depends on what, you know, I'm, I'm talking like you can <laughs> I know. you can figure out what your label is going to be, like the style of label that will go on that jar. You can mm-hmm. come up with a logo design if you want to. It can be a fun hand-drawn thing. It can be something you create on the computer. You can even have other companies do it, like whatever. But this is the time where don't let somebody discourage you and be like, well, either you don't have your bees yet or you're not going to get honey for, you know, an entire year. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean you can't plan on these things because if you plan ahead, the, the my whole point with mine when I started was that I knew that if I built the website and I put the stuff out there and I mm-hmm. started getting it out there, that the day I had honey, I already had a market base oh, yeah. ready to take it. Yeah. Whereas if you wait until after you've got your honey and then you're like, well, what am I going to put it in? I mean, you're already two years behind somebody who has been planning they've already got the strategy they've already got it set up so but it's all about how big you want to be and what you want mm-hmm. to do with with your honey if it is a hobby and you just want one hive mason jars are perfectly fine if you're going to have 10 plus hives you're going to have a lot of honey you're yeah. going to sell that honey you might as well make it unique and that's the bigger catch right there is any beekeeper can sell honey how are you going to distinguish yourself from everybody else that is the shape the size the look the label, the catchiness of the the title of it, you know, um, making it artisan, going through and saying, this is Queen Amidala's Honey from 2019. That I see a lot of people online that do that, and it's it's smart. It's clever because they're saying, this is from the Yellow Hive. And as you were saying on the radio show this morning to everybody, mm-hmm. every hive, even if they're side by side, the honey's going to taste different. <laughs> That's why I can't wait to get the guest that you're going to have on the 17th. Well, the seventeenth Do we... doesn't mean anything on the podcast oh, okay. because know, it won't know, air on the seventeenth. Yeah, you know. yeah, so the seventeenth of August is National Honeybee Day, and we are going to be doing an interview with Tara Chapman from Two Hives Honey, mm-hmm. and Tara's going to come in, and and Tara has. Tara has an amazing story on who she is and where she came from and how she got into bees. And I mean, her life outside of beekeeping is fascinating, the things that she has done. So in beekeeping, you know, she had this concept and it's just kind of like what we're talking about now. She had a concept of what she wanted to do. And then that grew drastically Mm -hmm. from what it was. And her company is called Two Hives Honey. Mm -hmm. She's got way more than two hives. But the original concept that started it all that's kind of how it came, and each hive could be unique and different, and those two things could be drastically opposite of each other. So it'll be interesting. We'll have that interview. That'll be coming out the, uh, what would it be, Monday the 19th? Something like that, yeah. Is when that one will come out to air for you guys? Now, my son is already thinking, okay, Dad, you're going to have those hives. You're going to get all these hives. Now, we can start splitting in a year, right? And then we can have twice as many hives. I'm sitting there, <laughs> son, quit thinking tight. <laughs> when you split, you don't get honey. That is true. As much honey. Now, so one little last caveat here to talk about on splitting versus swarming and things like that along those lines, right? 
if you do a true split, like your colony is going to swarm mm -hmm. and you want to split it, that there's nothing wrong with that. That's great because right. you're yeah. saving it. Yeah. And you're also giving the split an amount of resources and comb to start and immediately kind of grow with, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you're also taking resources from the colony you're doing the split right. from. Right, you got to let that one grow right. to get so to be big enough now again. they've got to use their nectar and their honey mm -hmm. to build new comb, which means you will not get a honey harvest or it'll be a very small one. Mm -hmm. However, if the colony were to swarm and you didn't split it, mm -hmm. those bees leave, and if it's not a crazy year like it was this year. If, yeah. it, if it's a normal swarm, which means there's tons of capped brood that's getting ready to hatch, mm -hmm. tons of bees, tons of food, and no space. Mm -hmm. Space also to the bees. Remember, space is open mm -hmm. comb. Space is not a void of area. It is open comb. That's right. it. Um, if, if, if everything is correct and good to go, they do that reproductive split. The original queen leaves with 50 to 75% of the workers and the, the bees that can fly that right. are home at that time. They leave. The workers that are out foraging, they come back. Well, the swarm's already gone. So they're going to come back, and they're going to take up and shift roles. And you've got the queen that is going to emerge, and she comes out, and she does her stuff. And all of that capped brood hatches out. Your population will rebound way quicker than you think. And yeah. you have all the resources still available. That colony can and will still produce honey, and you may still get a honey harvest from it. It just won't be as big as if they didn't swarm, right? Okay. Because the more bees you have, the more honey you can have. Mm -hmm. But if you do the split and you take resources away, that's when all of a sudden you're not going to get a honey harvest. Right. Now, there are ways you can go through, and these are these are advanced topics that we will talk about next year. And I've already some, read all that. Just some little things <laughs> that you can go through and do, but one of those things is called drumming. Mm -hmm. You can drum the hives, and it stimulates the swarm. It chases the bees up and out of the comb, so you can actually do the split as it is a true swarm and take them out of that colony and then not necessarily take the resources. And now you've basically got what would equate to a package of bees or a swarm of bees because they all know each other mm -hmm. and the queen is there and you can put that into another hive and get it started, but you didn't steal the resources from the first one. It's all kinds of fun things. Like so many things we can talk about next year when we get into year <laughs> two of sitting, beekeeping. John sitting there, he, he sees me getting ready to start talking. Are you, you stimulants to stimulate them to get them to grow, making more? Yep. So that'll, that's where I'll stop. That's yeah, all, you can. The there's lots that's of the things. That's the tease for next year. <laughs> for, for not next episode, <laughs> next year, guys. You got to wait. <laughs> but yeah, so there's there's lots of fun things to consider. Don't, you know, another interview that we're going to be doing mm -hmm. is Michaela. And Michaela is the owner of Me and the Bees Lemonade. Mm -hmm. And Michaela has also been on Shark Tank. And she won. Okay. So she was on Shark Tank when she was like 11 or 12 years old. And Good gosh. She, yeah, she won. She might have actually been younger than that. But she she won the whole thing, and it was amazing. It was great. Did they buy her? Um, yeah. They, well, they bought in. You know, just right. like they do on anything, they buy a percentage of and, right. and they help yeah. out and stuff. So we're going to be having Michaela on the show here pretty soon, too. We're trying to work out schedules, you know, because school and all that fun mm -hmm. stuff's getting ready to start, too. So, But we're going to have her on the show. And one of the things that she is quoted of saying at one point, which I love, is, you know, don't be afraid to dream and to dream big, but dream like a kid. Because when yeah. kids imagine things and dream things, they don't imagine all of the obstacles and the roadblocks. They have this unlimited imagination. And when they are allowed to pursue those, they don't let those obstacles stand in their way. And they find creative ways around and over those obstacles. So 
don't don't let somebody hinder you and hold you back. Go through and think of the things that you want to do and and dream and do those things. And if if your dream is to have this really elaborate honey thing and you're going to set it all up, but mm-hmm. your bees haven't come in yet, you're going to start getting your bees next year and you're not going to have honey till the year after. That absolutely does not mean that you have to wait until you get them to start dreaming about what you're going to no, do. No, not at all. Start now. Mm-hmm. Go through. Dream big. Like she says. I'm dreaming. Dream. I'm going to have 150 hives in three years. Yeah. Poor Max. And you, he's gonna have to run you. a he's gonna have to run a fishing business and a bee business and and yeah, <laughs> yeah. something like that. <laughs> but yeah, guys, that's uh, you know that that's kind of it for today. But definitely don't you know don't let anybody hold you back on your your passions and your dreams, be it beekeeping or anything else. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it that way or it doesn't work that way. You know, be creative, be imaginative, have fun. There's so many names out there that are oh 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 oh. Side note, right? Okay. okay. What's that note? Um, <laughs> so we're going to give a shout out. And the shout out is for Amber. Mm-hmm. And Amber owns a business in Florida. Mm-hmm. And it is a pet sitting business. Okay. Now, the funny thing here is I had seen this separately. And this is one of the things that when I talk about like creativity and having fun, right? So Amber's pet sitting business is a pun. It's like tongue-in-cheek play on words there's the old book series and they even made a movie out Mm -hmm. of it nanny mcphee and nanny mcphee is kind of like the mary poppins but she's kind of not you know she's a little old and decrepit in some scenes and things like that but she's like magical and mystical and whimsical and stuff and she was a nanny to these kids well she's got this pet sitting business and she called it nanny mcflee (laughs) So it's a play on words. It's fun. And I love the logo that she has is this profile view of almost what you would imagine the big bad wolf when he was dressed up as grandma. Mm-hmm. So, see that. you know, except it's got the little flowered hat instead of the <laughs> nightcap on the top, but a little cane. And it's just the cutest looking thing, but it's 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 clever. It's fun. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't put two and two together until the other day that Amber was also the owner of the company. I thought they were two separate things mm-hmm. altogether because I, I actually follow on Instagram mm-hmm. that. And then she follows us. And it just happened that she sent in some some questions and concerns about something that she was working on and doing. And <laughs> all of a sudden, it clicked. It popped up. And I was like, oh, my God, you own that company. That is so cool. I love the logo. <laughs> I love all of the stuff. And it was it was really cute. So whenever she sent this thing of questions in, I responded with my own, like, Oh, you're this person and you do all this stuff. And it caught her off guard because she was doing the same, <laughs> sending it in to us. <laughs> but it was really cool. So, you know, like I said, have fun with your with your ideas and your passions and stuff and, and be creative. And, you know, you never know what it might turn into down the road. That's what we do. You can I be guarantee you. Sitting in a radio station. <laughs> that's why, I'm, sit- <laughs> that's why I'm sitting here. I'm having fun. <laughs> the only reason I'm sitting here, if it ain't fun, I ain't going to do it. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That is correct. Yep. I started out as a striper guide. Now I'm a beekeeper. Now you're a beekeeper. I even got to eat some honey. Ate some honey. Well, uh, I mean, yeah. Eating you, honey. You did eat honey. I ate honey. You ate honey. It's all past I, tense. And it, two hives sitting side by side, each one of them had a different flavor. It did. And that's the beauty of it. Every colony has their own specific wants and needs and desires, yeah. and they'll focus on a specific forage. And that unique forage creates a unique flavor profile for that oh, colony. Oh, it's the dangest thing. I, Max says, oh, Dad, that one there is, it's mesquite honey. You can taste the mesquite in it. I'm sitting there. 
Where the hell did you taste mesquite, son? <laughs> <laughs> That's subjective to the individual taster, too. Absolutely. But and then that one half had such a light. I mean, it was so light. That's that was the one that's gonna. That's my award-winning half, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's the award-winning honey. My honey's better than that, all of them. That's the one we're gonna steal. Yeah. Okay, folks. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. We, like we've mentioned, we've got some great interviews coming up for everybody. And until then, we will see you next Monday on the Hive Jive. Y'all be good, family. We'll holler at you later. Be safe. Bye. The show might be over for now, but the sting won't last long. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our podcast as we'll be swarming in with new episodes the first and third Mondays of each month. Until then, behave yourselves.